Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hey. Good to see you all on here. Come through, come through, come through. I'm I listen, I am praying that y'all had a great, a great, a great, a great, a great, a great week in holiday. Amen. Amen. Listen, I have been saying, listen, I have been saying that your season will be coming through. I've been saying it. What happens when your season is next? What happens? What happens? What happens when you are in your next season? What what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are y'all going to do? Hold on. I need to get to where I need to get to. Listen, the Graceful Five is here and affects on today. Amen. Listen. Oh, this is getting on my nerves. Listen, I got to. Y'all come on in. Y'all come on in. I'm preparing, so I need y'all to prepare. I'm preparing, so I need y'all to prepare. I'm preparing, so I need y'all to prepare. Come on, we got two minutes. Two minutes for y'all to come on in and get your Bibles. Get your Bibles, get your pens, your pads, so you can take these notes. Y'all come on in. Oh, you know what? I forgot. So I forgot. Well, it kind of worked out on last week. So um, mm, I this I don't know if I want to continue in that way, but I don't know. Um, let me see. 
Let me say something. Let's see. I bet Jabari no. No, because I just told you what I was about to do. Did I not? I bet Jabari. Y'all come on in. All right, so we're going ahead and start. We're going to start right now. Come on in, y'all. Okay. All righty, let's get started. Let me get somewhere I need to be. All right, here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Okay, so we're, we're starting, okay? We are starting. I want to thank you all for tuning in um, to Can We Talk About It Live. This is also coming from um, Real Life Talks with Empowerment Coaching um, from that page. This is also from the Graceful Files page. This is also from um, on my YouTube, and it was going to be on my Instagram, but I forgot because I've had a lot going on today. So I forgot that I had a meeting today with um, Jacob's teachers preparing him for high school. I know he was like, oh, your hair is a lot. It is. And it is a lot, but I like it. I like it. So at the end of the day, I like it. 
So I'm going to put this up in a ponytail so that it will not be bothersome for me. Amen. So this is what we're going to do. So it will stay out of my face and won't be an issue. So today is the last week of removing particles. Shake the dust from your feet. Um, Friday, of course, I never got an opportunity to come back through that I was going to try to do it on Saturday morning. But then I was like, no, I had too much to do. I forgot it. Hey, Minister Dustin, so good to see you on here. I love you. I love you. I love you. So listen, so at the end of the day, I did not be, I was not able to come back through on Friday. So what we're going to do, well, what I'm going to do is in week three with, <coughs> oh, excuse me. I promise you it ain't COVID. It's just a little, little, <coughs> Don't know what that was, but it's week three, and we're ending this week three with not returning. Can y'all say that? Not week three, day one, not returning. There you go. I love you. Week three. Day one, not returning. Yes. Yeah, so I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put all of um let me get let me get to my notes. Let me for one I need to slow down. Um so Matthew 10. So for, for Matthew chapter 10. Put my chair up, y'all. So Matthew chapter 10, I begin to talk to you all from week one. Matthew chapter 10 was from one through 16 and it was talking about um the mission um going out um reaching the laws um and and preaching the kingdom of heaven is at hand healing the sick cleansing the lepers raising the dead casting out devils um the same way you received it give it to someone else and then shaking the dust from your feet and you know if they're not receiving you go on to the next city and you know get what you get but when you are dealing with something or you're in the house you're in that city they're not receiving you don't leave your peace there take your peace with you i talked about how um don't leave listen go back get your peace of mind go back get your peace of spirit go back whatever you have left go back and get it why because you don't want to take it over into the next city you don't want to take it over into the next town you don't want to take it over to the next relationship. You don't want to go take it into any area of your life that's going to cause you more friction, more frustration, and more failures. Amen. So then week two, we talked about suffering for Christ's sake because the people, the congregation, as we read in the definition for scourge means to, let me go back. <laughs> scourge means to inflict pain whip or bring punishment criticism great affliction right so jesus told his disciples that when you go out you are not to take any paper any uh pens take nothing with you only because the congregation is going to destroy you so you need to be able to be hands-free 
Yeah, I ain't talking about that in week two, but that was just good to me. So I, I wanted to go ahead and say that there, right? So anyway, so during that time, you have to understand that you will be hated of all men for my name's sake. Jesus said they're going to hate you because of me. They're going to scandalize your name because of me. They're going to bring great affliction upon you because they brought great affliction upon me. So that's why he was telling you that you are, this, but you're still not above those. You still got to be humble, right? So then we dealt with, now we're dealing with week three that we were supposed to um, go with, um, let me put, let me put that in here. Let me put Matthew chapter 10. So today we're going to do, we're going on with um, 26 through 42, 26 through 42. So we're going to deal with, we're not only going to deal with your worth, but also the cost. So today, so today we will be talking about your worth and the cost boom so today we will be talking about your worth and the cost and what you have to understand is this is that some things is just going to cost you but when you are living for the Lord, it won't cost you your life. Jesus has already came through and paid the price for your worth, paid the price for your peace, paid the price for your deliverance, paid the price for your salvation. He already paid for it. So because he already paid for it, it's up to you to maintain the value of your mind to maintain the value of you to maintain the value of your character to maintain the value of the cost that jesus paid because he loves you he cares for you he wants you to do great things in spite of people inflicting pain upon you in spite of people punishing you and criticizing you in spite of the great affliction that people put on you why because at the end of the day Jesus paid it all. Can I say that at the end, at the end of the day, Jesus paid it all. He paid it all. And why did he pay it all? Because he loves you. But he walked this earth to show you that you were able to stand, that you're able to go through. He said, many of the afflictions of the righteous, but I will deliver them all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but I will deliver you from them all. But you have to believe that. You have to believe that he's going to deliver them, deliver you from all of it. You have to, you have to know that. You have to know that. Amen. So I want to thank you all for tuning in, you know, during this time as we continue to walk through this thing. So in Genesis 31, 49, when it talks about, you know, I bid you Godspeed, that means I'm, I'm bidding you great success. I'm bidding you a, a good journey. You know, I want you to do well. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another. Amen. So what that means is the agreement that we have made. 
that we cannot break the agreement, that we cannot break the vow, even though that I, even though I won't return into that same relationship, even though I won't return into the, even though I won't return into that house, into that city, it doesn't mean that love is lost. It doesn't mean that we can't be friends. It doesn't mean that we can't do ministry together. It doesn't mean that we can't do lunch. It doesn't mean any of that. But what it means is that I can't get caught up in what you're doing, that I can't go where you are going, that I can't do what you are doing. It means that I love you and I love you a lot, but now I cannot return back to those old ways. I can't return back to those old things. I can't return back to that old place because I'm now new, I've been restored, I've been redeemed. God has strengthened me to move forward. God has kept me to, 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 for, for healing and deliverance. And so, but so many times we feel like when we, when our relationships have been restored, that's a, that's a, that's a go to, hey, let's do this. No, it, it's not. You, 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 some of you are going to have to go back and, and watch the rest of these. You have to understand that you have to learn how to shake and then you have to learn how to remove and then you have to learn how to not to go back because if you want to keep your peace if you want to keep your mind if you want to keep your sanity you cannot go back to the things that was causing you great affliction you can't go back to those things that was hurting you you can't go back to those things that was destroying you you can't go back to doing things that wasn't good for you you have to leave from that place you have to leave from that city and so many people are bound so many people are stuck so many people are held captive because they feel like there's nothing else left they feel like there's nothing else to do they feel like there's nowhere else to go but the devil is a lie i want to let somebody know on today that the devil is a lie. Why? Because Jesus paid it all. That's why. Because Jesus paid it all. And so because Jesus paid it off, you have to know your worth. You have to know that you shall live and not die. You shall live and not die. You shall live and not die. That's the key. And that is what you have to understand that you shall live and not die. So Matthew chapter 10, Lord God, I thank you for the word that you're bringing forth on this afternoon. Lord God, I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Lord God, I thank you for those who are watching publicly. And I thank you for those who are watching privately, Lord God. God, continue to cover me under your blood. Continue to cover me, Lord God. Continue to keep me from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet, Lord God. God, continue to place uh, and keep a hedge of protection around me, Lord God. So, Lord God, that I'm not moving in flesh. I'm not moving in emotion. I'm not moving in feeling. But, Lord God, I'm using the word of God to show people how your emotions and how your feelings and how your flesh will cause you to stay stuck, will cause you to stay bound, will cause you to stay captive. So God, I thank you on today of freedom. God, I thank you on today for salvation. God, I thank you on today for restoration and healing and deliverance. Lord God, I thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord God, I thank you for what you're doing now and what you're going to do for times to come. Lord God, I thank you for every season that I have ever been in. Lord God, I thank you for, for every season that you brought me out of. And Lord God, on today, Lord God, I'm asking for healing of the mind, healing of the spirit, restoring them, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord God, whomever is going through on today, that you will allow breakthrough to allow them to be 
to be free, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. So God, I thank you, Lord God, because your word tells us that we shall live and not die. Your word tells us that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. Your word tells us that you love us more than we love ourselves. Your word tells us that you will hold on to us and you will give us what we need. Your word tells us that we put you first. Everything shall be added unto us. Your word tells us that we are not to be carnally minded, that we are to be spiritually minded, Lord God. Your word tells us that we are to hold on just a little while longer. Your word tells us that if we just continue to run this race, we will get to our finish line. So God, I thank you for the word that cover us. God, I thank you for the word that is instilled in us. Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, for you dying on the cross for my sins, for their sins, for all of our sins, Lord God. God, I thank you for second chances. God, I thank you for doing it again. God, I thank you for working it out. God, I thank you for turning it around. God, I thank you for the shift, Lord God, in spite of the shame. God, I thank you for the shift, Lord God, in spite of the shame. God, I thank you. Lord God, I ask you to touch my children one by one, Lord God. Touch my children one by one, Lord God. Touch their children, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God. God, your, your power is being shown, is being shown, Lord God. Your deliverance is being shown, Lord God. Your salvation is being shown, Lord God. On today, somebody is receiving conviction for, oh God, Somebody is receiving conviction for correction, Lord God. And I thank you for it in advance, Lord God, because they don't understand it, Lord God. They don't understand it, Lord God. They can't grasp it, Lord God. They don't get it, Lord God, that it's you that's stirring up some things, Lord God. It's you that's turning some things around, Lord God. It's you that's working some things out, Lord God. It's you that's causing the shift. It's you that's causing the struggle. It's you that's bringing these things to pass, Lord God. And God, on today, I ask that somebody will recognize and somebody will realize and somebody will see you for who you are, Lord God. They will see you for who you are, Lord God. They will see you for who you are, Lord God. And they will look towards you, God. They will look towards the hills from which cometh their help, Lord God. And know that their help cometh from you because you are the creator of heaven and earth, Lord God. And God, I pray that you will strengthen them, Lord God. I pray that you will bring them out, Lord God. I pray, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, and I thank you, Lord God, for the teaching of the mission, for the teaching of your vision, for the teaching, Lord God, that you have given us to let us know that it's not about us, Lord God, but it's all about you. And you have told us to go out into the hedges and the highways to compel those to come in, those, and you, the word says, let so whosoever will come in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord God, I thank you for allowing me to give it in spite of God, to give the word of God, to give the teachings of your word of God, to give the testimony of what you've done for me in my past, to give my testimony of what you're doing for me even right now, to give my testimony in spite of who receives it, in spite of who rejects it, in spite of those, Lord God, that I was, I still must push through, that I still must persevere, that I still must go forth, God, because this is a journey that you have placed me on for you and not man. So God, I thank you, God, because I know that you are covering me. God, I know that you are keeping me. God, I know that you are using me for such a time as this, Lord God. So God, I pray that the word of God will touch the hearts of your people. 
that you would get the glory out of their story, that you would get the glory out of their life, Lord God, that they will know that they must serve you, Lord God. They must they must surrender their lives unto you, Lord God, that the word of God will prick their heart because the power of the word changes the atmosphere. The power of the word changes the atmosphere. The power of the word changes the atmosphere. It changes circumstances. It changes situations. It changes, Lord God, the power of your word changes. So God, I thank you for it even right now. So Lord God, continue to let them know that not returning does not mean that I don't love you. That not returning means that I do love you. It's just like you, Jesus. When you come back to this world, you won't touch the earth. Your feet will not touch this earth again. That you're going to catch those in the midair, Lord God. And we know that the dead in Christ shall rise first, God. And so, God, I thank you for letting us know that even you can't touch the unclean. Even you can't touch the unworthy. So God, help us and show us that, show us the worth that we have within ourselves and the cost that is going to cost each and last one of us, God. So God, I thank you because you are the Lord of Lords. You are the great I am. You're Alpha and Omega. You're the beginning and the end. You are the great I am. And for that, God, we say thank you. We say thank you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, I pray, we pray, and we all say amen. Amen, amen, and amen. So I thank you all for tuning in once again. Continue to like this. Continue to share it to your pages. Continue to send your hearts. Lord knows I appreciate the hearts. Lord knows I appreciate the love. Lord knows I appreciate everything that you do for for me, as I continue to follow the Lord, y'all continue to follow me. Amen. So send your amens, send your 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 encouraging words because they mean a lot to me. Amen. Amen. So Matthew chapter ten, starting at the twenty-sixth verse, and it says, "Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid." that shall not be known what i tell you in darkness that speak you in light and what ye hear in the ear that preach ye upon the housetops and fear not them which kill the body but are not able to kill the soul but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell now you you hear so many people that will say there isn't a heaven and there isn't a hell but i'm here to tell you all on today that there is a heaven and that there is a hell because jesus said i go to prepare a place for you so satan and isaiah hell enlarges herself daily so if Satan is going to and fro in this earth, seeking whom he may devour, it's only because he needs his territory enlarged. He wants to bring people to him away from God. But God's desire is for all of his children to make it into, to, 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 to reign with him, to dwell with him, to sit with him in the kingdom of heaven. You hear people saying, everybody going to go to heaven. You're right. 
everybody is going to go to heaven but everybody is not going to enter in you will be judged you will be judged according to your works it's not your works that gets you into heaven it's your heart it's the relationship between you and god's son jesus christ jesus even said you can't even get to the father unless you go through him so you can't bypass jesus christ you can't bypass the son of god you must go to jesus amen so listen listen let me let me let me go back to to 26 right quick i, I need y'all to i need y'all to put the scriptures up here so y'all will know where i'm at All right. Okay. Okay. All right. So, want to get to us? Okay. So, twenty-six says, "Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be removed and hid, and shall not be known." Okay. The disciples work for Christ, and their battle against Satan will expose them to Satan's counteract counterattacks. Yet. They do not need to be afraid because the Holy Spirit and the Father will sustain them. They must remain faithful to the word of Christ, preaching openly, frankly, and courageously. Now, I, I know some of y'all saw um, my post on yesterday concerning a conversation that I had with someone concerning a ministry. And you have to be able to speak boldly through and for the word of god to speak for and through jesus christ and god the father sometimes it may hurt to hear what's true sometimes it may hurt to hear facts sometimes it may hurt to hear what you don't want to hear but when you give it the way that it needs to be given with love and compassion and understanding then if you don't make it about you, you make it about God. So here in, in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus was giving his 12 disciples their mission, their assignment, what they were to go out to do. And he was letting them know that in that they were going to suffer. He was letting them know the, the worth of that, the worth of it and what they were going to get concerning it, but not to get caught up with the Pharisees, not to get caught up with the Sadducees, not to get caught up with hypocrisy. And see, how do you get caught up in hypocrisy? By being partial, by compromising, 
by being two-faced, by being double-minded, by um, by be becoming unstable. Because when you're teaching and preaching the word of God, you should do it by the power of the Holy Spirit that will lead you and guide you to make sure that you are courageously and frank and openly being honest with the people that you're leading. If you know that this Christian walk can sometimes become unbearable, speak that, say that, but then also let them know, but with Jesus, you can do all things. He will strengthen you. He will guide you. He will direct you. So just don't tell them, honey, I, honey, this is why I'm not a Christian. This is why I don't, this is why I don't go to church. And this is why I don't follow leaders. And this is why I don't, I ain't got time for all of that. Honey, ain't nobody got time for all that. Well, I'm not doing all of that over there. Well, why not? Why not? Why would you not want to get up under someone that's going to give you the right teaching? Why would you not want to be up under someone that's going to give you the right direction? Why would you not? Why would you disconnect from the people that you're gleaning from? I need y'all to hear me. Why will you all disconnect some of y'all? Why will some of you all disconnect from the people that you are gleaning from, that you are learning from? that you were building from, that you're getting the foundation. Paul said, some of y'all are going towards Apollos and then some of y'all are coming towards me, but me and Apollos is giving you the same word. We're giving you the same teaching. We're showing you the same thing. So it's not about me. It's not about Apollos. It's about God because God gives the increase because if I'm going to plant Apollo's going to come through and give you some water, but it's God who gives you the increase. It's God who gets the glory. It's God who's going to give you what you need. It's God who, has, who holds the, the keys to heaven and, and hell. Hey, Prophetess Kiana, it's God. That's why Jesus told the disciples, what I tell you in darkness, that, that it says, what I tell you in darkness, that speak you in light. Jesus said, when I speak to you over here in the corner, then I need you to turn around and speak what I spoke to you. Because what's been spoken in the darkness is going to be spoken in the light. So whatever is in the dark comes to light. Whether it's being spoken from you or Jesus, or whether it's being spoken from them or they, at the end of the day, the truth will come out and the truth will make you free not set you free make you free so therefore here's what you have to understand that 27 again says what i tell you in darkness that speak ye in light and what ye hear in the ear that preach ye upon the housetop so jesus said those who have an ear let him hear what thus saith the Lord. So therefore, what Jesus speaks to you, that is what you speak to them. What you hear Jesus say is what you preach on the housetop, what you preach in the house of God, what you preach to your congregation, what you preach to the lost. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand what does that mean time is short jesus is coming back for a church 
without spot and wrinkle. He's not coming back for a building. He's coming back for the heart of his people. Those who are faithful, those who are committed, those who surrendered their life for the Lord, those who gave up. It's just like the rich man. Jesus, thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus said, the rich man said to Jesus, I obey my parents. I give here, I give there, I do this, I do that. What else is what else can I do? What is it that I'm missing? And I'm paraphrasing. And Jesus said, Give everything you have away to the poor and come and follow me. You know what the rich man did? He put his head down and he walked away because that was something that he just could not do. He could not do that. He couldn't release his riches. He couldn't release his relationships. He couldn't release his businesses. He couldn't release nothing to follow the Lord. Oh, I know where I'm at. I'm talking about not returning. I'm talking about the old things are passed away and all things become new. I know exactly where I'm at, but I must give you a breakdown. I, I had to tell someone the other day, somebody would say, well, you know how to fool you to say this. Listen, I'll cut them and I'll mend to the wounds. Because at the end of the day, we got to be honest. We got to let them know what it is. This is what it is. You can't stay on this path of destruction. Eventually, you got to want to be healed. Eventually, you got to want to be delivered. Eventually, you got to want to do things that are that is right. But in order for you to do things that is right, you got to obey the rules and regulations. You got to obey that is what's before you. It doesn't just it don't come just from the parents or grandparents or or teachers or the the, the policeman. You got to be able to obey all rules and regulations that are set in this land. The court system has rules and regulations. The school systems has rules and regulations. The White House has rules and regulations. This world has rules and regulations that we must follow. But we feel like we ain't got to obey no rules and regulations because it doesn't come from a certain person. Again, what did Jesus say? In Matthew chapter 10 and, um, and 24, the disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. We got to recognize Hebrews, Hebrews, let me, let me Hebrews, tenant. Hebrews, um, I think it's Hebrews uh, 13, 17, or Hebrews 10 and 17. I'm going to figure it out. Hebrews 10. Hold on, I'm going to tell you, I know where I'm at. I know what I'm talking about. And I'm, I'm going to give it to y'all. So it's not, it can't be Hebrews 13 because it only, it only has. Um, hold on. Yes. So I was right. So I doubted my own self. Hebrews 13, 17. 
let me help you out so all you talking about i i don't gotta listen to you okay all right so here, here, here's what's gonna help you here's what here, here's here's this check us out hebrews chapter 13 and i'm gonna start at Sixteen. Let me just do Hebrews 13, 16, 17. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they must, as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you why is it unprofitable because here's what you have to understand obedience and faithfulness to christian leaders pastors and teachers must be based on a higher loyalty to god the believers loyalty on a descending scale is as follows one first to god in a person-to-person -person relationship including faithfulness to the truth and principles of his word the second thing is to the visible church as it remains faithful to god and to his written word thirdly to godly leaders within the church who remain faithful and loyal to God, to his word and to his mission for the church. So therefore, if your leader is faithful to God, faithful in his word, faithful in leading, faithful in disciplining, faithful in living that holiness lifestyle, then you have to understand that those are who you need to obey because they watch for your soul and they're supposed to do it with joy and not grief let me give a quick little example oh my lord lord i don't know why you have given me this stiff neck people they so rude they so disrespectful they just angry. They don't want to follow you. They don't want to follow me. They don't want to live right. They don't want to do right. They don't want to be right. That's our prayer. That that's that's praying in grief. And that's that's not profit. That's not profiting you nothing. You're not getting anything from that. But when you are praying, Lord, they're faithful. They're committed. Lord God, I need you to do some great things in our life. God, they hold on. They're, they're, they're committed. They pay their tithes. They help in the ministry. Lord God, they are growing. You got to be able to recognize the change of a prayer. We as leaders don't want to be praying a prayer of grief. We want to pray that prayer of joy. We want to pray that prayer of happiness. We want to pray that prayer that when you leave and we know that you're not returning, that you're going to do great things. When we say, I bid you Godspeed, we want you to be on that great success, that great journey, doing great things. We want to be able to know that where you go, people are going to be like, man, I could tell they had great leadership. Man, I could tell they have great morals. Man, I could tell their character, whomever they were under, they did right. They did great. We, this, this is a wonderful thing. 
instead of us saying, oh Lord, here comes Johnny Sue. Oh Lord, here comes, man, listen. Gosh, oh, I, I know where I'm at. Oh, I know where I'm at and not returning. So listen. So in 28, it goes on to say, and fear not them which killed the body, but are now, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him, which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Why? Because they have Jesus, God, can hold the keys to heaven and hell. It, it is your name in the Lamb's book of life. Like, are, are, is it? Is it? Listen, the word here translated hell, okay? It's, it's, it's a Greek word, gina, or gina, okay? Refers to a place of eternal torment, reserved for the ungodly. The Bible teaches that one's existence does not end at death, but continues on forever, either in the presence of God or in a place of punishment. So Jesus teaches that there is a place of eternal punishment for those condemned before God, right? So it is the terrifying reality of continuous punishment. The place of the, the the place of a fire that never shall be quenched, of everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels, of wailing and gnashing of teeth, of binding and darkness, and of torment and agony and separation from heaven. The teaching of the epistles is essentially the same. The apostles speak of a coming judgment of God to inflict vengeance on those who disobeyed the gospel of a separation from the presence and glory of the Lord and of the destruction of God's enemies. The Bible teaches that judgment for evildoers is certain. The main idea is a place of punishment and separation from God with no end to its duration. Even Christians may find this doctrine unpleasant or hard to understand. Did y'all hear that? It's Christians who finds this to be hard to understand because they're still stuck on a loving God. And it's, it's in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament that God is a loving God, but he's also a God of judgment. He wants you to be what he wants you to be he wants you to do what he does and that's to love beyond yourself that's to love your neighbor beyond yourself that's helping the poor clothing the naked giving somebody something to drink when they are thirsty yet we must submit to the authority of god's word and trust god's decision and justice we must always keep in mind that God sent his son to die in order that no one should perish. Hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. And God does not desire to send any of his human creation there. Those who in the end go to hell do so because they have resisted God's grace and rejected God's provision of salvation. So 
heaven and hell is a place for us to know what it is and what its purpose is. So if you're living in hell, if, if, if you, you know, we said, man, I, I feel like I'm, 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 I'm already in hell. Well, if, if, if this earth is your example of hell, then why would you want to go to a place that's going to be 10 times worse? When, when it's so much easier to receive God's salvation, when it's so much easier to receive God's direction, so you don't want to return back to hell. So returning not to hell is not that you don't love the people. You're deciding not to return to a place that's causing you hell, that's causing you pain, that's causing you an affliction, that's causing you to be inflicted, that's causing you hatred, that's causing you so much disgust. So not returning to a house or not returning to a city, you have to learn how to shake the dust off your feet and remove the particles that you've left behind. And I have talked about those particles is the peace that you've left behind. That place is unworthy. That place is unhealthy. That place is not for you. So because you're not going back doesn't mean you stop your love. Jesus doesn't want us to go to hell, but he loves us enough that he died for us because of it. So that we won't have to go to hell. He paid the price for it all. He paid the price for it all. Listen. Um, where am I? So we must always keep in mind that God sent his son to die in order that no one should perish. Hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. God does not desire to send any of his human creation there to hell. Those who in the end go to hell do so because they have resisted God's grace and rejected God's provision of salvation. You have to understand. You have to understand that. So listen, Matthew 10, 29 says, are not two sparrows sold for a farthing and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father but the very hairs of your head are all numbered fear ye not therefore he tells you again he said it when he started out in 26 fear them not therefore he said it in 20 he said it in uh 31 fear ye not therefore you are of more value than many sparrows. So if God cares for the birds, if God cares for animals, if God cares for everything that he created, he literally cares for his human creation. He doesn't want us to go to hell. He doesn't want us to serve Satan. He doesn't want us to go back to Egypt. He doesn't want us to go back to bondage. He wants us to be free and free indeed. But yes, salvation is what you need to be free. 32 says, whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my father, which is in heaven. So Jesus teaches that God's faithful children 
are of a great worth to their heavenly father. God values you and your personal needs. He desires your love and fellowship so much that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for you. You are never away from his presence. You are never away from his care. You are never away from his concern. God knows all of your needs. God knows your trials and your sorrows. God knows your trials and your tribulations. God knows what's going on in your life. You have to understand that you are so important to God that he treasures your faithfulness. He treasures your love. He treasures your loyalty above all earthly things. You have to be unwavering. Your unwavering faith in Christ proved genuine in the midst of trials and trouble is his glory and is his glory and honor. You have to understand the assurance that God gives us every day. He loves us more and more every day. But to confess, but to confess Christ means to acknowledge him as Lord of one's life and to do so openly before others, even before those who oppose him, his ways and his standards. So when he said, so again, when he say in 33, but whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my father, which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. I know y'all are like, what? Because you have to understand that although Jesus Christ is called the Prince of Peace and truth must always be proclaimed in love, there is a sense in which his coming and the proclamation of the gospel will bring division and will do so intentionally. So how many of you are recognizing that right now that children are against parents, parents are against family members, the fathers are against their children, the children against the parents. I just read to y'all earlier where it said in, in Matthew chapter 10 that 21, Matthew 10 and 21, and the brother shall deliver up the brother to death and the father and the father, the child and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. I, listen, I ain't going to hell for nobody. I ain't going to hell for my spouse. I ain't going to hell for my children. I ain't going to hell for my grandchildren. I ain't going to hell for some leaders. I ain't going to hell for some Christians. I ain't going to hell for nobody. If I go to hell, it's going to be because of what I didn't do or what I did do. 
I will be responsible for my own if I go to hell. If I've done all of this and I miss something and I go to hell, that is on me. I'm not putting that blame on anybody. But here's the thing. Nobody wants to hear about heaven and hell. Nobody wants to hear about restoration and salvation. Nobody wants to hear about repentance and conviction. Everybody wants to hear the good about it. They want to hear, I want the, you want to be prosperous. You, you want to be saved. You, you want to live your best life. You, you, want, you, want, you want the glory. You, 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 want, you want the finer things in life. But you can have all of that by surrendering your life to the Lord. Solomon was the richest man. And all he asked was, all he asked for was wisdom. And God said, I'm not only going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to give you understanding. I said the other day, I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. I'd rather have the word of God than the word of man. Jesus said in his word, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a Christian to enter into, 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 into heaven. Because we refuse to make sacrifices. We refuse to go through. That's just, that's just it. That, that's, that's the key. You know, it's, it's hard. It's, it's a struggle. Because nobody wants to hear, if you don't live right, hell is going to be your home. Nobody wants to hear, you, you can't defile your temple. Nobody wants to hear you. You got to go and assemble yourselves with other believers, with other Christians, so that you can you can get some strength. Nobody wants to hear that. Everybody want to hear you can still smoke. You can still drink. You can still party. You can still do whatever you want to do and you're going to make it in heaven. You are not. Because if Jesus paid the price for your temple, you can't defile it. You can't abuse it. You can't mishandle it. You can't misuse it. You just can't do whatever you want to do to it. That's word. That's that's God. That's scripture. That's truth. That's reality. And anytime the parent is telling their children what not to do, the children buck against the parents. And anytime a spouse is encouraging their other spouse to do right, the spouse kicks against the other spouse. Anytime the father is trying to raise the child to be a man, that child kicks against the father. Anytime the mother tries to tell the daughter what she shouldn't do, the daughter kicks against the, the mother. If God says that he knows every hair on our head, every he numbers every hair on our head. Well, whether fake or real, I don't know. But I do know that he knows the numbers of your, the numbers of your hair on your head. And he loves you just as much as he does many sparrows. But you have to know your worth. You have to know the cost. It is salvation is going to cost you something. What is it going to cost you? Eternal life. Eternal life. So that is something that you have to understand. So the teaching of Christ about peace and unity must be faithfully held in tension with the truth that he came not to send peace but a sword he came he came to send the word of god he came to send he came to send judgment he came he came to send salvation 
He came to send righteousness. He came to send us the teachings, the principles. He came to send us morals and standards, respect, judgment, the, the, the whole nine. But what happens is the proclamation of God's word and his truth will bring opposition, division, and persecution. That's the truth. Faith in Christ separates the believer from the sinner and the world. But we won't let, we won't release the world. That's why it's hard for us to go into another city. That's why it's hard for us to go into another country. That's why it's hard for us to go into the, to another house because we won't, we keep returning back to what's not worthy because we're forgetting that we have worth and we have to recognize the, the, the price that Jesus paid, the cost. It's gonna cost you something. What is it gonna cost you? It's gonna cost you your salvation. It's gonna cost you some friendships. It's gonna cost you some family members. It's gonna cost you some jobs. It's gonna cost you some, it's gonna cost you some marriages. It's gonna cost you some relation. It's gonna cost you. When you stand on standards, when you stand for righteousness, when you stand for holiness, it's going to cost you something. You're going to lose something, but you'll gain so much the more. Amen. So this was just week three of day one of a recap of, of that. And so I want to read this through because I got to go. Um, listen to this. Jesus said, he that continues to love father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that continues to love son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Excuse me. And he that continues to take not his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He that finds his life shall lose it. And he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. He that receiveth you receiveth me and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me he that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet prophet shall receive a prophet's reward and he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a right in the and he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward and whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple verily i say unto you he shall in no wise lose his reward listen although jesus christ is called the prince of peace and truth must always be proclaimed in love there is a sense in which he's coming and the proclamation of the gospel will bring division and will do so intentionally it will do so intentionally. So what does that mean? You must take up your cross and follow Jesus. Jesus speaks of receiving a prophet and a righteous man. Those who are the most frequently rejected and persecuted because of their stand for godliness and their proclamation of the truth. For this reason, those who accept prophets or the righteous and receive their messages will receive God's special reward. What are those rewards? If your commitment to truth and righteousness is so firm 
that you devote your life to providing for, cooperating with, and encouraging God's ministers who are righteous, then your reward will be the same as that of the prophet or righteous person you help. Conversely, one should not support, encourage, or cooperate with ministers and preachers who do not proclaim God's truth according to the New Testament revelation or who do not live godly lives according to God's righteous standards. Supporting such persons causes one to share in their evil deeds and condemnation. And condemnation. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. And because I made a conscious decision to be a servant of the Most High, I will continue to preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. So when you're going through trial and tribulation, when you're going through hurt and pain, when the congregation is coming up against you, you must continue to preach the kingdom of God is at hand, the kingdom of heaven is at hand time is winding up it doesn't matter if we heard it years and 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 years ago you must keep speaking you must keep preaching you must keep living out the truth of the gospel we have been called we have been given a commission for the vision. We have been given a commission for the mission. So how do you shake the dust off your feet? When you leave the house, you have to forget about everything that was in that house. That's how you shake off the dust. Removing the particles, bring your peace out of that place not returning, but picking up your cross and following the Lord and letting the Lord lead you, guide you, and direct you by also not losing the love that you have for others more than you have for yourself. Amen. Amen. So your worth you shall not die, but live because of the cost. Jesus paid it all. You don't have to be evil. You don't have to live a wicked lifestyle. You don't have to be mean. You don't have to be unequally yoked. But when the Lord delivers you and bring you out of that city, bring you out of that place, bring you out of that house, you must bring your peace with you. If the house is found worthy, you leave your peace there. Then you have no problem returning because every time you return, they're receiving the goodness of the Lord. Every time you return, they're receiving the blessings of the Lord. Every time you return, they're growing because you're planting, you're watering, and God has given the increase. But if you're returning to something unworthy and they're rejecting it, they're not accepting it, you don't stay there. You must leave and not return. 
somebody else will come through. You did everything you're supposed to have done. You planted. You set the foundation. Now allow somebody to come and bring water so that God can uh, allow them to grow and he'll give them the increase. You can't do it all. Amen. Amen. So God bless you all. Know that I love you. Know that I'm praying for you. God is good and he is worthy to be praised. Continue to trust in the Lord. Continue to acknowledge his works. Continue to acknowledge holiness and righteousness. Recognize your trial and error. Consider the errors of your ways. Shaking the dust off your feet. Removing the particles. Not returning. And again, thank you all for watching. Come to the couch. It's time to be coached. Amen. Amen. So thank you all again for tuning in. I am Elder Serena Holloway. And if it's the Lord's will, I'll be back here on July the 5th teaching. Do you know your purpose? Do you know your purpose? Do you know your purpose? I can tell you all day long who you are. But do you believe who you are? Do you believe your purpose? But you must first ask yourself, what is my purpose? So this is to um, Real Life Talks with Empowerment Coaching's page. That's who I'm talking to. I'll be back July the 5th. So prepare. Prepare. Read. Go back. Study the book of Matthew. Get a closer walk with the Lord. Build your relationship. And if you're in this page and you are married, build the relationship together. You all walk together, be together, stay together, and allow the Lord to knit you together in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So God bless you. Thank you all to the Graceful Five for tuning in on today. I appreciate you. No, no, Lord knows I love you. Thank you to Women of Prosperity. Stay tuned, stay tuned because there is a series coming soon to a page near you. Amen. So again, can we talk about it live? My followers on that page, remember, can we talk about it live? Yes, we can. Because he tells us that in Acts, Paul and uh, Peter, um, uh, Lord have mercy, I forgot who, who it is. But anyway, they both said, whether you see it's right or not, we will not stop speaking what the Lord has given us. We will continue to proclaim the gospel, continue to preach and speak the word in season and out of season. Amen. Amen. So God bless you all. And to the encouraging page that is led by evangelist Angela Badgett. If you don't, if you're not a um, if you've not liked or followed that page, follow it. Amen. She's one of our ministers up under Divine Worship Christian Center. And I put this in her page so that her followers that are there can also be encouraged. Amen. Amen. To my YouTubers, thank you for tuning in to shaking the dust off your feet, removing the particles. And to my podcasters, thank you all for listening. I truly, truly appreciate it. 
this has been good. Yes, it has. And I can tell by the, the listening, the, the, the analyzing thing that they see. So I know that Jesus Christ's words is being proclaimed throughout the airways. Amen. So thank you all again. I appreciate you. Tomorrow, I'll be coming from my marriage raw and uncut page and my elder Serena Holloway's deliverance page because that, that series is for the married folk. That series is for the married folk and that is titled, Are You Unbalanced? Are You Unbalanced? Amen. That is literally is for... Um, literally for um the murray folk your scale is unbalanced doesn't matter it, it could be the husband can be here where he needs to be and the wife is still here or the wife can be up here and the husband is down here because the wife is where she's supposed to be but the lord needs y'all right here steady the lord needs y'all my hands keep moving the lord needs y'all to be steady this is how he needs he needs y'all to be to be in unity he needs y'all to be on one accord. So when I so the question is asked, married folk, husband, wife, is your scale unbalanced? Because it's time to be balanced. You've been unbalanced far too long, and God wants to bring y'all together. Amen. Amen. So thank you all again. Know that I love you, and God loves you more. Bye.